What happened to you, man? Used to be cool. I'm still cool. Nah, you've changed, man. Okay, we're recording. Oh. What's up? What episode is this? We are now on episode five. Number five. Johnny Five Alive. Mm. So how hey. you been doing? Living. What are you gonna say right now? What are you gonna say? You're gonna say, dude, what are you gonna say? Oh, our friend Marcus uh, told me he's going to be living in Austin for a while for a job. He's still doing uh, plumbing? Yeah. That's cool. He wants us to go up there and see him. Oh, man. It'll be three days lost. (laughs) 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 Uh, days. All right. Episode five. No movie this time. <laughs> oh, we can do that again. I just no, that's I cool. Think of anything. Did you watch part two of the <laughs> FP? <laughs> I saw bits and pieces of it. Um, it's off the I, haven't got, I haven't gotten back around to watching it because I got I got some <laughs> movies in that I needed to watch. <laughs> I finally watched the the fog, which I really enjoyed a lot. The original? Not the fog. What am I talking about? The lighthouse. Oh yeah, that one I was really like. I liked it a lot, dude. I'm telling you, that guy Robert Pattinson. Yes, he was in those uh, sexy vampire movies, but he is a really good actor. He is a really good actor. He's good in this movie. He's good in this movie called Damsel. Um, he's good in uh, uh, with good the Saft the Good Times. He was so good in that one, dude. He's I think he's one of the best of his generation. Um, I, didn't, I, I haven't seen High Life. That David Lynch movie he did. He did. Which David Lynch movie? Uh, it was like... Hold up. Let's look it up. I actually have a computer next to me right now. I finally logged back into Letterboxd. Are you using it? Yeah, I'm using it. I've... Since the last time we did our podcast, I've watched 46 movies. You ain't got to use it that well. Um, I've seen a lot of good documentaries. Oh, not David Lynch. David Cronenberg. Sorry. Was it the one where he's in the limo? Yeah. Cosmopolis. Oh. Is that a... Uh... That's not the same. No, I'm thinking... I'm not thinking about the same guy who did an atrocity exhibition. And Crash, J.G. Ballard. I don't think it's the same guy. I'm thinking High Life or High Rise. J.G. Ballard's an author. Yeah, I know. But I'm thinking he, there's another movie with somebody in the limo, but it's High. I think it's High Rise. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Gotcha. Um, yeah, but he's really good, man. He's fair. But I'm telling you. You need to watch Damsel because through, through that whole movie, you're like, what is this? You, you think one, that the good thing about that movie, 
is throughout the whole movie, you think it's about one thing. Mm-hmm. And then about 20 minutes before it ends, you're like, oh, no, this movie is about something completely different. It's really good. I like this this girl that's in there, Mia. What's her name? Uh, Wasikowska. Yes. Yeah. She was in uh, Crimson Peak. I've not seen that movie. Ah, you're not missing much. Oh, but yeah, man. I've been slacking on reading. I started reading again. I uh, read a book for the book club, but I've just been watching movies. Yeah, I've been Doc watching can... movies too. Um, I got... Man, I have like a stack of movies I still need to see. It's just like I have to be in the mood. But I told I told you I watched... There's a documentary about the amazing Jonathan... Mm-hmm. If y'all don't know who the amazing Jonathan is, oh. he was, he <laughs> was a comedian. He was a comedian yeah. in the eighties, and he was—I uh, can't even—I guess he was like a better version of Carrot Top. Like he would use props, but he was funnier. That's nah, not saying much. <laughs> well, but I always liked him. But um, they did a documentary on him because apparently, apparently he found out he was dying. So this guy's like, "Oh, it would be a good idea to make a documentary on him." And I went into it thinking, oh, it's the amazing Jonathan. Oh, somebody, you know, hey, a little bit of nostalgia. You know, it's the guy from the 80s. I remember that guy. He was pretty funny. When I was a kid, he used to come on Showtime all the time. So it was edgier than being on HBO. And he was like a little bit more edgier because he wow. talked about cocaine. Because <laughs> he talked about cocaine and shit like that. And he was, but he was funny. And he was a good, he was a good magician. He was funny. But man, this movie turned into a mind fuck. Like real fast, you're like, what the fuck Doc, is going on here? Yes, you're like, oh. what the fuck is going on here? Because the guy is shooting a documentary, and then like ten minutes into the movie, all of a sudden, the amazing Jonathan's like, all of a sudden, another film crew shows up, and the amazing Jonathan's like, oh yeah, they're doing a documentary too. He's like, what? And then another documentary <laughs> film crew comes in. And then another documentary film crew comes in. Dude, you have to see it. I know you would probably never look right. twice at it, but I was pleasantly surprised. After, at, towards, the, yeah, towards the end, you're I, like, what the fuck just happened? I just Googled him. I remembered his, um, his face. He looks from, pretty rough I remember now. Him from the 80s. Yeah, he looks pretty rough now. But, but oh, um, man, it was crazy. There's a, there's a documentary I want to see called Cursed Films. Um, it's on Shutter, but it's um, it's about all those movies that they said were cursed, like uh, Twilight Zone and everything that just had something bad happen to, on the set or some to the actors. Um, I saw that. Is it a movie or is it a series? It's a documentary. I think it's only one. I think it's just a film, documentary film. But um, what's funny is I was thinking the only reason I want to see it is because. Um, Back in the day, they were they were showing like the curse of Poltergeist on oh, all yeah. on the TV. Yeah, but they were really reaching with like the stuff they were trying to tie to Poltergeist. Like it was, like it was like the uh, my my brother my brother saw it too. <laughs> and he said the same thing because yeah. I was watching it. Like this is so stupid because it's like the costume designer nine years later, had a blowout and he drove <laughs> off a highway. The curse of Poltergeist. I was going to say that they made three fucking movies. She was in but the yeah, little girls in all three movies. 
Then it's like the the gaffer, 27 <laughs> years later, had a heart attack. The curse of poltergeist. And you're like, what the hell? <laughs> like, did you run out of movies to talk about? And just making shit up, but... Yeah, but if you if you go back and watch the documentary on the Poltergeist movie, it seriously goes into that territory where you're like, I'm gonna have to watch that like, tonight. This is like 15 years later. This person had made other movies. <laughs> the woman who How? served craft services now is lactose intolerant. Yeah, that's yeah, man. It was dumb. <laughs> I keep seeing that on there, but I haven't checked it out. Have you seen that one? What is it? Blood Ties, isn't it? What is it called? I have it up right now. The one I sent you that uh, link for on Insta looks nuts, but I haven't seen it. Did you get to see it? Hold on, look at it. Uh, What is it called? I have it up here somewhere. On that that Cursed Movies too, they talk about uh, Brandon Lee, which I kind of wanted to see that because they have some of the people that actually saw him Die. That's one thing I wanted to uh, talk to you about. I don't think that movie. I don't think that movie holds up. I watched. That's the one movie I watched during the quarantine. Yeah, I don't think it holds up. Oh, that movie's very nineties. I forgot that guy um, from the Warriors is in there. Uh, who's in? Who plays? What's his name's brother on oh, Twin Peaks? Luther. Yeah. 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 In I don't know, man. You're right. It's very nineties. It's a very nineties uh, crime film. Dark, like dark. Yeah. Like what's going on? You're like, wait a minute. <laughs> like let's just skip the story. And get right to the violence. That was like when um, the mid, the mid to late nineties went like very darker tone in music and darker tone in movies, and every everything everything looked very like Kafka esque, like. Um, I think it was after Batman. After Batman oh, was yeah. popular. It was way after Batman, but yeah, everything just looked darker and grittier, and all the music started sounding darker. And yeah, like I watched. Uh, I know. I was just about to say that I watched that too. It, oh, I that think movie's it, awesome. It's, a, it's the same guy. I think it's a, yeah. Dark City is amazing. It's the but same it's, sets. Yeah, it's the same guy who filmed. That was his first movie. <laughs> The Crow was yeah. his first movie. It's the same. They use they reuse the same sets. Yeah, but Dark City's good. Kiefer Sutherland plays like a, he's like he does good, but he's just weird in that movie. And Jennifer Connelly, oof, she looks good. I mean, she doesn't age that lady. What does she come out in really? lately? Lately, uh, what does she come out in? Uh, Requiem for a Dream. Man, that was like 16 years ago, wasn't it? Labyrinth. <laughs> okay, that's like 30 years ago. Um, the one with Ben, the one with Ben, not Ben. Why I want to say Ben Gazar with Ben Kingsley? It was called like the House of Sand and Fog. Those are all late 90s. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> dream is 20 years old. <laughs> I don't know what she's come out in lately. Let's see. Um, those jazz songs are really good in Dark City. Maybe she's like retired. Or, oh, she was in Alita, Battle Angel. That's right. That's right. Oh, she's in Noah too, which is so. 
Oof. I don't know what they were. I don't know what that guy was thinking in that movie. Aronofsky. Uh, he's made some. He's made a few turkeys. Pie. Like you saw pie, right? The fountain. I have never seen that one. I saw God, pie. So lucky. And and then Requiem for a Dream. I've never seen that one. You never seen Requiem for a Dream? No, I've seen Requiem for a Dream, and I've oh. seen Pie, but I've never seen the Fountain. Oh, the Fountain's horrible. Um, uh, seen the wrestler Black Swan. She was in Black Swan. Oh no no no! I'm just saying Darren Aronofsky. Oh, Black Swan's good. I've seen that one. Oh, and then Mother Blue. Oh yeah, they made a big old stink about that, right? Was that Jennifer Lawrence? Yes. I'm trying to see what else I saw. Oh, the dark backward. <laughs> yes. I have to say, Bill Paxton <laughs> is so good in that movie. He's like, <coughs> like right when right when you're like, fuck this movie, and then he comes in and he's just like pulls it back, pulls you back in. That movie reminds me of like an MTV promo. <laughs> like it's just oh, with so that guy weird in the and cab. It's weird and like gritty, like literally gritty and grimy. Yeah, you're like, uh, I think I, I think I rented the wrong version of jo- of Joe's apartment. Like, I want to wash my VCR when I'm done with this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't, I can't even think. Like, I was reading about it, and they said that. Uh, like Judd Nelson really, really wanted to do this movie. Like it was like a pet project of his. I'm like, why? <laughs> so if you've uh, never seen this movie, Judd Nelson has a third arm. It's on Prime. The, it's going out, growing out of the middle of his back. Yeah, I like, I like busted my ass finding a copy of it. It was on Prime the whole time. Dude, I have, I have a copy of it. I would which buy it. Um, socially distance, distancingly giving it to you. <laughs> and then uh, Near Dark. Have you seen Near Dark? The vampire movie? Yes, with Bill Paxton. Yes. That one was all right. That's Catherine uh, Bigelow. You know, there's so many people that love that movie. Really? And I am not a fan of it. Uh, it's I don't like, hate it, but I don't think it's like great. I mean, it was okay. What did I? Yeah. What did I give it? I gave it three. I gave it three dots on Letterbox. Three dots. Um, yeah, it wasn't bad. Like, I don't know. I was in a Bill Paxton hole. I saw that one and that one, and then uh, uh, I was like, well, I mean, oh, I think I I looked up like what are what what do people consider like the best alternative vampire movies, and that was that's what that came on on a lot of lists. I was like, I'll check it out because all the other ones look creepy. Um, the one that used the Portis has music, Naja. Have you seen that one? Naja. Nah. It's like nah. a low, but it's like a low budget vampire nah, movie. Nah. But it uses the music from it uses a lot of songs from Portishead's first album. Hmm. Um, yeah, that was alright too. But I mean, it was yeah, it was alright. It wasn't yeah, like I can't see it as like a cult. It's just it's it's different. It's like a. Um. I don't know. I see. Yeah. I see a lot of people on those lists when they have those like uh, alternate vampire movie, alternative vampire movies. Um, 
they put they have like daughters of darkness i guess it's stuff that just doesn't follow the formula of being a vampire right like daughters of darkness um near dark um that newer one that just came out the foreign film that's like black and white it's a vampire movie yeah it's like the girl who walks alone at night or something like that oh one of the best the one of the best ones is let the right one in that was one of the best ones i've seen in a long time but that's already been awesome but that's already been like how long has it been right since that movie came out um a girl walks home alone at night it's from 2014 have you seen that one no it's an iranian film but it's all in black and white it looks Mm, pretty check that one out stylish that was on netflix for a while i don't know if it's still there Um. Yeah. Then I went that one, and then I watched uh, the Michael Hutchins documentary Mystify, which what was that good? It's so goddamn good. Ah, uh, I want to see that. It's on uh It's on uh, um, Amazon. Amazon. Okay. Yeah. And then of course I had to watch the after that I had to watch the Australian soap opera TV version of their lives. I heard they success never tear us apart. Um, I think the only good thing about it is that they, the guys that they got like actually look like the guys in the band. Oh, okay. Um, then I watched a movie called Brainiac, Brainiac about this band from Ohio, like back in the nineties. Like they had all these people like talking Brainiac, about Brainiac, like hissing Brainiac. prigs. Yes, hissing prigs and static couture. Yeah, I have that album. I've never heard of them, and I, like all these people on there, like all these people, like. Brainiac's uh, the, amazing. The guy from uh, from uh, Tar Teenage, uh, Tar Teenage, right? From at the drive-in and, uh, uh, and what do you call it? Is, is on there talking about him? What's his What's his Cedric. name? The one with the one with the high the hyphenated name? Cedric Bixler yeah. Zavala. Yeah. It was sad that guy. Well, I'm, I'm not gonna spoil it. I mean, I mean come on. I, I guess it's not really a spoiler if you don't know how he died by now. But the guy. He bought that car, and it was it had a hole in the back, so he was basically suffocated himself to death with the exhaust. It was like an old, oh yeah, old like Mercedes. Oh, I you talking about Michael Hutchins? I was no, no, no. It was on the news, Mark. Yeah, Michael Hutchins was good. Uh, I watched a documentary about called "Pick It Up" about the third wave of ska. <laughs> <laughs> it was oh, that man. was that was very nineties, and that was very like those guys are like. What, uh, I wish Scott was still here. <laughs> what bands were considered third wave? Uh, like Bad Finger, not Bad Finger, like uh, Goldfinger, like Real Big Fish, oh, Saving okay. Ferris. Bands oh, like crap. That. <laughs> well, I, you said it. I didn't want to say it out loud. I'll stand by it. I'll... <laughs> oh, man, that was horrible. Yeah, there was a lot of guys with uh, with Hawaiian shirts on that. And like we're really into sky music. That uh, that reminds me. I ran into uh, my old record store manager. And from Blockbuster. And I had seen him when I worked at Blockbuster, uh, West Sound Warehouse. Uh huh. Um, I hadn't seen this dude in years, and he. I saw him walking <laughs> by, and I just said, "Paul," and he looked at me, and he was like, "Drew." I was like, "Yeah." So we we started talking. He's a lawyer now. He was was like, dude, he's like, I remember you used to walk around and you were just like, so goth and dark. (laughs) I was like, what? He said, you would just like 
walk around the, the whole store and like you were just you were just cool and quiet and dark and I was like <laughs> I don't remember that at all. He was like, yeah, he's like because and I would I would come into the store and we, we had we always had to have like five different types of music playing on the overhead. So like rock, R and B lounge, I don't know, country, something. And he was like, I could always tell when you were working because I'd come in and it would just be like distorted noise <laughs> going on. He was like, what is this? And he's like, oh, Drew's working. All right, that makes sense. Who's good do? She's a lawyer. But, uh, you, should, you should tell him you sold out, man. You sold out. <laughs> he's, no, the reason I mentioned it is because all that ska stuff was flying off the shelves when we were working there. Yeah, we were talking about like the uh, there's a girl in our in my book club like she's really into it and I was like hey I finally watched that she's like you did she was wasn't it so great I was like well it's very it was very 90s like it reminded me when I went to the very first uh, MTV Sports and Music Fest at Zilker Park in Austin yeah because because Real Big Fish was there and uh, yeah I don't know I mean I like that Goldfinger like that one song Goldfinger here in your bedroom but I don't know like I don't. Is Aquabats in there? Yes, they were in there. I didn't know that guy from Blink-182 was in Aquabats. The singer from Aquabats is from Pretty in Pink. Which, what guy from Pretty in Pink? The guy like the in the movie? Yeah, the kid that's stealing records and she shoots him with a staple gun and it hits him in the eye. Really? And he says, you miss, by, you miss my eye by an inch. She's like, that's half the, That's the lead singer of the Aquabats? Yes, sir, look it up. Well, they're still going strong, Drew. Just to let you know. <laughs> He's living off that fame still. <laughs> well, because they got because they also went on Yo Gabba Gabba too. I, I, I'm starting to think he's the one that created Yo Gabba Gabba, but that might be right. He's it, okay, yeah. yeah. So he's the same guy. So Yo Gabba Gabba, I think Yo Gabba Gabba was great. The girls loved it when they were little. Um, but I yeah, he's liked it, but now she's in seventh grade. It's like I don't know. It's like. I don't know. That was a weird time because they were, t- it, and it was true. They were talking about like as soon as, as fast as it got popular, it went out just as fast. Next, you know, next thing you know, or like wow. people were like, "Fuck that music," and then there was, and then all of a sudden it was weird fucking swing music real fast too. Remember like Voodoo yeah, Glow Skulls? <laughs> Dude, you remember? You remember we went to that swing night on St. <laughs> Mary's and that place that burned down? Oh my god. Oh, God, we were trash. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, please don't be wearing a zoot suits. Please don't be, please don't actually have any zoot suits when we walk in here. And I, re- I remember we went there and they were, they were trying to do like swing dancing. And I was like, oh man. You were going to I'm goth. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. I didn't say that. I would never say that. <laughs> Thank God I only dance for money. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was at around the time I was working at the record store, the swing. But that's that's when like the rise of pop music came back. Like, um, yeah, where anything could be pop. Yeah, pop, anything pop, could be pop. pop, and everybody loved it. And I don't know, I didn't like it. Some of it was all right, but I don't know, I don't know. It just, it would just remind me of the nineties like so much. Like all of a sudden, these past few weeks, like the nineties are coming back. Yo, you know what that you know what's weird? So whenever people talk about the nineties, they either like one of two things. They like the late nineties, like the pop, Britney, Christina, NSYNC shit. Uh, that might, screen, that, yeah, that might movies, as well. 
that might as well have been the 2000s already. But but I'm like the beginning of the 90s was just as terrible. <laughs> but I like that better. Like the new the new Jack Swing. The the beginning of the 90s was really Yo weird. MTV raps. Yeah, it was weird. You're right. It was New Jack Swing. It was like I think that's when techno when like club music was coming in. It was like the new generation of of hip hop artists coming from like you know like Run DMC and LL Cool J, and then you get like you know the Jungle Brothers, Tribe Called Quest, Black Sheep, Leaders of the New School. I thought all that was amazing. I still do. I still think that's better than half the shit that's out right now. But I mean, you had like the the club music coming in, like Snap, mm-hmm. Black Box, yeah, <laughs> Too CNC, Unlimited, CNC Music Factory. Yeah, stuff like that. And then, like, that's one part of the 90s. And then a lot of people, when they talk about the 90s, it's usually, like, the yeah, latter part. Yeah, like I said, that might as well be the 2000s already. Uh, like, and then the middle yeah. of the 90s just sucked when, like, alternative music broke or whatever. 1990, 1992, the year punk broke, Drew. <sighs> I don't know. I think the 90s, the middle 90s were good for rock music. What? And then, and then it all went away. <laughs> it was all rock. It was all rock music on the radio. Remember the radio? Uh, kids? I don't know. I don't. I didn't. I wasn't into rock music back then. I just remember middle school too. Like the stuff they played on the radio was like really like I like you said. It was like a real weird time. Like the radio, like pop music, like in the early nineties. That's when like nineties R and B took off. Like, I mean, they even they even had that uh, R Kelly. Right, and then, like my the girls were listening to the song they used to play on the radio when I was a kid. Remember that song? I forget the name of the group, but they sing that one. Uh, B stands for Bronco. Remember that song? The Right. Yeah. They were singing that there. I was like, "How do you know that song?" They're like, "Oh, it's on, it's on Tick Snap or whatever TikTok." <laughs> it's on Tony Hawk. I was 19th. like, man. I was like, I was probably your age when I heard that first heard that song too. Yeah, I don't know, man. Who sang that? Who sang that song? I'll find. I'll find it. They were one hit wonder guys. Young and restless. That's what. There it was. you go. There you go. That one and then Ski Low, Candyman. Remember Candyman? Yep. Knocking boots. I I sang that at a. I didn't sing it out loud, but I was singing it to myself at a church retreat. <laughs> 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 somebody was like, "What?" <laughs> I said, when, uh, <laughs> when uh, New Edition became men. Get out of here. Yep. Yeah, Ralph Tresron, that track, Sensitivity. Oh, man. That was a, that was a barn burner on the middle school dances. <laughs> a barn burner? During the middle school dance? Oof. We just all, nobody danced. We just stared across from each other lustfully yep. when that song came on. Finally saw the Beastie Boy story because I, I forgot that I had signed up for Apple TV, whatever oh, it is. Because yeah. I never I never watch it, but I finally saw that. That was really good. That mm, was really good. I don't know. If... Uh, well, I'll say this. No, it's just my it, my it, stuck upness. No, like I can appreciate them and I do love them. I do love the Beastie Boys. Yeah. Um 
and they I think they were different because they had appreciate I think they were different from like Vanilla Ice because they had an appreciation and they really loved hip hop. Oh yeah, I mean I'm I'm not throwing them in with Vanilla Ice, but but I think it was a little bit. I think it was a little bit of a, I don't know. I guess the, the I guess the for lack of a better term, it was kind of like adult contemporary version of documentary. It was like middle. It was like AOR to me a little bit because it was almost like oh. Okay. Are there kids? I was, it was almost like, are there kids in the audience? I don't know. It was a little bit. I don't know. Maybe I don't know. I mean, they are older. They're fifty-year-old men. I mean, I don't expect them to act like they're nuts. But I don't know. It was a little bit. It was a little bit watered down, but it was good. It was nice to see okay. them talking and all. That. I wish. I wish. You know, um, what's his name was there? MCA, but it was good. It was good. I I like. Uh those two albums like ill communication and um ill communication and what's the other one check your head check your head you didn't like paul's yeah. critique uh all i know is the songs that they played on the radio during that time from there um which i mean i know they said that album bombed and didn't do well but i remember hearing those songs here in san antonio on the radio but um after a while, they just got too, and you know, more power to them, but they just got too benefity. Like, this is to, you know, free Tibet. And, well, that was MCA, yeah, because he married that girlfriend because he I, got into it. At, at the time, too, I was kind of like, man, rock and roll should be dangerous. Like, not raising money to feed orphans or shit like that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and that's and that's what happened I, to Rage, too. I think that's what happened to rock in general. Rock right. just sucks now. It's terrible. It's not dangerous. The last time I saw Rage was at South Park Meadows. That was the whole when Wu-Tang was supposed to show up. I was waiting for a ride to happen. And yeah, like they played for an, exactly an hour. And like almost every song after every song, they they I'm like, oh, I'm like, dude, please just start playing. They were talking about the Zapatistas. They had a like, lady walk up there. Uh, I'm like, I'm like, yeah, this, I, I get it. I, hey, it's great. Yeah, but you know, can you leave it to afterwards? You know, set up a booth. I can find out on my own. You know, pamphlets. Yeah, I, I kind of want to rock right now and beat some people up. I'm not at Lollapalooza. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I mean, it was good. It was good. Nothing um, I didn't know already. Maybe that was it because it's not. It's not like it's nothing I didn't know already. <laughs> Did you see like some of those conservatives were freaking out because Rage's music was becoming popular again, and they were, I guess, they were stupid. finally realizing what the lyrics were about or whatever. So stupid man! And I was like, how could you not? How have you been listening this long and you haven't pieced it together? <laughs> stupid. But I don't know. I didn't want to talk about that right now. <laughs> Uh, I watched the Duran Duran uh, concert videoed, uh, recorded by David Lynch, which 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 was a little trip. <laughs> is that yes? Yes, there is a concert filmed by David Lynch at Duran Duran. It's on it's on uh, Amazon. It's called Dur- it's called Duran Duran, unstaged, directed, but yeah, unstaged. And uh, it it looks exactly like you would think a David Lynch rec- concert recording would look like. I was like, Man, does, do they sound a- good? They sound good. They had they had a lot of guests on this one. They had a lot of guest singers with them. Oh, okay. 
that Gerard Way from My Chemical Romancing with him. I don't know how. I don't know where they got. Good God. Um, no, I saw. Oh, speaking of David Lynch, I saw um, his Rabbits film. Oh, the TV show. The sh- yeah, the TV show came out. Oh, on, they're the ones YouTube. that are, they're the ones that are from uh, Inland Empire, yeah. right? Yes. Yeah, it's Inland Empire. So he, so he, this is sanctioned by him. Like he did it. Yeah. Is it using but, the same laugh track and all that? Yeah, I didn't realize that was a set that he built in his backyard or something. What? And everybody who's doing the voice is actually in the rabbit costume. <laughs> so really, like the voice that Naomi Watts is doing, she's actually playing that part dressed up like a rabbit. <laughs> that's crazy. That sounds about right. Um, yeah, that's on YouTube. Yeah, if you haven't seen Empire, you have to get yourself ready for that movie. Oh man, that movie! Uh, I saw, finally saw my my dad's always like, "Have you seen that documentary about Bill Withers? Have you seen it?" I finally watched it. It's called Steel Bill. It was really good. Uh. Still, Bill. I had. I don't know. I don't know where I watched it. I think I had to download it. Um. So the documentary they put out on Epics called Laurel Canyon. It was all right. Nothing I didn't know already. What I think that about? about about the the scene in the '60s when of Laurel Canyon. There's a really good one oh, from the BBC. Like... Yeah, it's called like it's called the Birds to the. It's called Hotel California from the Birds to the Eagles. So it basically tells a story of like the first first bands that moved out to Laurel Canyon all the way into the Eagles. Is that in Malibu? Uh no, it's um it's it's between Hollywood and the Valley. It's like right okay. behind Hollywood. That's Laurel Canyon. Okay. Uh like Mulholland Drive goes right down the middle of it. Um but I think they're already beating that into the ground already because that, that documentary came out a long time ago. It was really good. And then uh, Jacob Dylan, Bob Dylan's son, did another one called Echoes in the Canyon. And now they did this one. I'm like, okay, that's enough already. Um, hmm. Yeah, I just been kind of like going through. If I can like go down a, I can go down a rabbit hole on Amazon just looking for stuff to watch. I was going to bring one. I, with everything that's going on right now, I was going to bring another one up to you. There was a movie I found on there. <laughs> and this was just filmed last year. And I don't know how, I don't know how nowadays people think it's all right to still do this. But I saw the trailer. I didn't watch the movie, but I saw the trailer. It's about a guy where he's a bartender. And, and he's a bartender and he's at his bar. Like everybody comes up to him. They're like, you're such a good listener. You should be like a, a therapist or you should give advice to people on the radio. So he's a white guy. So of course he goes to the radio station. And they're like, nah, we're not, we're not what we're looking for. Well then I don't know how he decides to pretend he's a black woman called Loquisha. <laughs> <laughs> so so he goes, he, uh, I don't, and I don't know how they hire him, sight unseen. But he calls in as Laquisha, and she's like, "I don't do, I don't do interviews in person." Well, they hire her, and so he's doing this whole show as a black woman, and it becomes a hit, and everybody thinks he's a black woman giving advice. Man, <laughs> that guy never acted again. <laughs> and I was like, "When was this filmed?" Oh, it was filmed in 2019. It was filmed last year. 
So now you're gonna go watch it, right? <laughs> no, I'm gonna have to watch it. I'm it's gonna called, have to watch it. Let me see if I can find it again. It's called Man. It's called Loquisha. Yeah, that's why people were like, how do you find these movie markups? Like, because I have absolutely nothing going on in my life. I browse pr- uh, Prime Video for hours on end. Oh, I found it. Did you find it? Yeah. <laughs> this is redonkulous, dude. Oh, man. The commentary videos on YouTube <laughs> is it? are insane. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, I just noticed. I just noticed the cover of the, po- the poster. This guy has another movie called The Test. <laughs> called Socorro. <laughs> he impersonates a Mexican woman. And a hilarious film about the dangers of commitment, love, and marriage. What if you uh, could know who you chose? What if you could know you chose the wrong mate before it happened, before it was too late? Two stars. Two stars. This Laquisha has three stars out of 152. <laughs> uh yeah that one and then another gem i found on it which you probably you probably think it's the stupidest thing you've ever seen it's called mac dick and it's a guy he was he was a cop he's a disgraced cop becomes a private eye excuse me and the guy who stars in it also wrote <laughs> and directed the movie Look it up. It's called it's called Mac Dick. It's spelled exactly how it sounds. The way you said that name. Just, <laughs> did I tell you when I got my glasses one time and that guy was trying to like sell me on the other glasses? Yeah. So there's there's this um, line of sunglasses and eyeglasses called Chrome Hearts, and I don't know if they're still around anymore. But what? Chrome the, Hearts? Yeah, I think. <laughs> I think that's what it's called. Let me look it up. Chrome Hearts. Glasses. For that Chrome Hearts for that special biker in your family. Okay, yeah, it's Chrome Hearts. <laughs> so um I was I was trying to buy glasses, eyeglasses one time and, and they had them. And um I noticed that it was like a small little mom and pop eyeglass optometrist store. Every pair of glasses in there was like two hundred plus, two hundred dollars or more. And I was like, man. But they had some really cool ones that I wanted, so I I was trying to buy. I was trying. I was gonna get them, so I got them. And the guy's telling me like, "Yeah, this is from our Chrome Hearts collection." And I'm like, "All right." So he shows me the the catalog, and it's all like Lenny Kravitz, Usher, all these like stylish celebrities wearing these glasses, and, and so some he, of the glasses. So he had a catalog, and it's all the people just like pictures with them wearing the glasses. Yeah. And <laughs> so he's like, he's like each each. Uh, I can't even remember what mine were called, but he said that each <laughs> pair of glasses has a unique name. And I was like, oh, really? <laughs> and he, he pulled some out. And, you know, the, the legs of your glasses that go over your ears, uh-huh. they, were, they were bound in leather. And then the very end of them, it had a heart that was, like, cut into it and it had chrome <laughs> around it. And I was like, this looks, like, in my head, I was like, this looks <laughs> stupid, dude, because, like, oils from your face and, you know, if you sweat gonna get on the leather it's gonna make the leather look shitty but anyways he's like look at these and i was like okay he's like, it's called dick's enormous <laughs> it's like all right so I, just, I gave him back to him and he brought out some red ones and he's like here's some more it's called busted cherry and i was like all right <laughs> but each 
each pair of glasses had names like that. <laughs> you see the bit like each one of these glasses are becoming more and more violent. <laughs> They're like the what is that? What was those shirts? Tom Hardy? What were those shirts that it? Or what was those shirts that had words? Ed Hardy, right? Where each one yeah. of them had their own. I wouldn't. We were working at AT and T. There was a younger guy there, and he had those shirts. I don't know how we were talking about it, but he was selling another lady. Yeah, like each of them had their own name. Like this one's called. I don't know what the fuck it was called. It was like Ice Cold, and she's like, <laughs> and she's like, where do you? Uh, uh, <laughs> she's like, where do you buy those at? I might want to get my son one. And I told her, I, I think he buys them at Modern Douche. <laughs> <laughs> Where's that? That was modern douche. You know, I just looked up Chrome Hearts glasses. Now they're like a thousand dollars plus. Dang, you should have bought them. Should have bought Dick's enormous. <laughs> this one's called Gang Rape. <laughs> this one's two dicks at once. <laughs> I will pass on that. Thank you very much. <laughs> Yeah, he was just, like, really into it. Uh, oh, well, when you said you said modern douche, it reminded me of this guy. Uh, when I started at AT&T, there was this Canadian guy. His name was Barry. Mm-hmm. He had just moved from Canada to San Antonio. and uh, Random. He fit the stereotype that I think of when I think of Canadians to a T. Everything was A and very friendly. Very it's nice like, people. Yeah. Um, and he, he told one day I was talking to him and he, and he was like, man, I, I love your, your, your fair city you have here. And I was like, <laughs> oh, thanks. Oh, dark, thank you, Dark Canyon. <laughs> and, thanks. I built it. <clears throat> uh, so he's just like, ah, oh, you know, this weather though, it's killing me. And I was like, what do you mean? And he's like, I just keep getting nosebleeds. And I was like, what? And he was like, I get nosebleeds. Cause you know, it, it's, I come from like the snow up there and it's so humid down here and i was like oh okay okay so i just talked to him a little bit more and i was like so where, where do you eat like around here like have you tried mexican food he's like you know what he goes i love mexican food so much it's but it's so <laughs> spicy he, like, he, he said uh, uh, i've been trying this place i see him all over town he goes it's like a pink building it's like taco cabana and i was like <laughs> oh no barry i was like barry you don't want to eat there and he's like why what's wrong and i was like no, like if you really want authentic food, you go to like these little hole in the walls. And he takes out a notepad, he starts writing down. Goes, what do you call it? They're called hole in the walls. And I was like, no, 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 no. You're going to need a Spanish dictionary, Barry. Yes. We're going deep. Your nose is going to bleed a lot. <laughs> That's one food I haven't had in a long time. Taco Cabana? No, just Mexican food in general. I, I've said this before, like. Mexican food is like, like I'm never in the mood for Mexican food unless it's been a very long time that I've had it. Ooh, and there's, and yeah, and there's parts of there's part of my family that that's all they want to eat. That's all they want to eat. My cousin comes down. He's like, "What's a good restaurant?" I was like, "Look, I, I'm probably not a good, I'm probably not a good uh, thermometer for good Mexican restaurants because I I can tell you where my parents go. That probably means it's good." Hmm. I mean, I know what I like, but I mean, we I took them to, uh, I guess it's Nietzsche's over there by my mom's, across from the old. Is that place uh, good? Driving. I mean, 
It's, I mean, I don't know. To me, it's like, <clears throat> to me, it's mid-level. Oh. It's almost fast food, but it's not because they're a big, they're a big operation. It's almost like Don Pedro's, you know? Don Pedro's yeah. is not a hole in the wall anymore. And Nietzsche's, I mean, it's not, it is big, but it's not that big. It's almost like when they get a little bit too big, you're like, all right, pack it in. So it's not bad. My parents eat there all the time. Um, oh, okay. But it's not like a hole in the wall where we you know where it was built into an old Whataburger, you know? Oh, that looks rocks. <laughs> yeah. It's just I like the tortillas that, the, that leaves a little film on you, and you can't find that a lot of places. Yeah, there used to be a place when I was a kid called Lupitas by my by my grandma's over there on Pecan Valley, and the then chain? no, it was just called it was just a little place called Lupitas. It used to be next to this bar called the Trap. I know where the trap's at. And my brother would be like, "What's that?" And my mom would be like, "That's that's no place." <laughs> my grandma would be that's a that's a social club. A social club, <laughs> um, and then they He's and then social. they moved it, uh, and then they moved. Well, I don't know if they've particularly moved it. I, I'm th- I always thought it's probably the same ladies that work there, or the guys that work there. But there's another one down the street, closer to um, Goliad, where it used to be a Handy Andy. And now it is finally an H E B. It's like in a little corner there. Oh yeah, it's called El Rancho, and that and that's the only other place that I can find that still has those like the, the tortillas away. It's don't mistake it for Rockies. Rockies is across the street, but yeah. this one's in in the parking lot of the H E B, and it's called El Rancho. And uh, you know it's good when they don't. They only speak all they speak is Spanish, <laughs> and the jukebox won't stop playing. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, man. I don't know. I just bla- oh no 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 uh, Lupitas. There was one on. Callahan, but I think there was a few others, and I think they were part of a chain. Um, and I used to uh, skip first period in high school and go get tacos from there. No, I didn't. If my mom's listening. <laughs> everybody always at work. Everybody would also talk about that one. What is it called? It's it's kind of off of uh, med- I could, what is it? Med- is it medical? Thomas. I think it's called like Data Point. It's called like oh, Data, Data Point. Point. Yeah, my cousin loves that place. He lives right by there. Yeah, but I've never, I've never had it. Uh, he took me there once. It was pretty good. Uh, oh, so back to Mac Dick. Mac Dick. It's called. It, the tagline is first a cop, then a detective, always an idiot. And it's not the greatest of movies. It it looks well. Danny Trejo's in it. I don't know if that's a, a selling point for you. And Mo Collins from uh, Mo Collins plays the. <laughs> Mo she Collins. plays Mo Collins from uh, Mad TV. The girl. Yeah, she oh. plays. She plays like the the head gangster, and they're like, and her name is Molten Lava, because they're like now she's a gangster businesswoman, but she used to be a stripper. She used to be an exotic dancer, and he's like, "Oh, really?" And they show her, show him a picture of her, like that way she looks now. He's like, "You have any other pictures of her, like when she was a when she was a stripper?" Um, <laughs> it's, not, it's not the greatest movie ever, but the reason I like it is because this guy, um, he's very good 
and like deadpan comedy. Like he'll have like the most serious face and he just says the most absurd shit. And it made me laugh. Like the way he is, like he's he is a funny guy. And the another tagline is shooting uh Mac Dick shooting blank since nineteen seventy-six. <laughs> if uh if Mo Collins is in it, I'll watch it. She makes yeah. me laugh. Oh, and the whole thing of the movie too is like anytime something gets real serious, like if a gum a gun gets pulled out, he always faints. <laughs> <laughs> even at one point, the even at one point, like one of her thugs pulls out a gun, he faints. He's like, "What the fuck is it with this guy in fainting?" <laughs> <laughs> all right. He has a he has a meeting on the bridge with his secretary, and like all clandestine. And when when they're done, he's like, "All right." Uh, he was like, all right, I'll see you later. I have a couple of other meetings and a couple of other bridges. <laughs> <laughs> this sounds like a sledgehammer. It's a stupider version of a sledgehammer. But I like I said, he made me laugh because he just has he has like that like that deadpan way of saying stuff. Like he like one of his little one of the little guys that does stuff for him <laughs> is a little kid. And he knows he thinks somebody's gonna be at his house to pull up, pull a gun on him. So he said he tells the little kid, "Hey, I got a job for you." So he puts the little kid in his car. He's like, "I just need you to drive up into my driveway." <laughs> he goes, "Like, here's my gun." And of course, when he, the kid pulls up, the guy pulls out a gun. Uh, but that's on that's on Amazon. If you're feeling saucy one night. All right. Uh, um. Yeah, I watched that Jay and Silent Bob reboot. It was all right. I will not watch that. It's all right. Then I watched Chasing Amy. To me, Chasing Amy is his. Chasing Amy is his masterpiece. It's the best movie he's ever made. I don't know. Dad made Dad made me feel like really nineties. That movie came out in uh, ninety. You know what? I don't think I've ever seen that. I mean, his dialogue is not the greatest, but his sentiment is, and that is really that's a really good movie. It's the only one that's on Criterion. Him, that movie, the, some of well, I'll just say his movies, and The Big Lebowski in particular. So many of my friends were into all that, and they were like, "You have to watch it. You have to watch it." And I watched it, and I just could not get into those movies. His movies and Big Lebowski. I mean, I like. The other Coen Brothers movies. But I don't know. For some reason, those just... Kevin Smith, his movies are good oh, they want for, a, for a, for a one-time look. Like, they don't hold up. Like, the original Clerks and Mallrats. When I first saw them, oh, man, it was hilarious. It was like, you know, it was cool. It was like a little bit of a breath of fresh air. Current guy. What did they say? Like, he was talking about, like, when Mallrats came out, they're like, oh, it's a, it's a modern Porky's. It's that kind of a movie. But they don't hold. They don't hold up. You know what I mean? Like when Clerks Two came out, I thought I'm like, what? But you know what? It was all right. Chasing Amy is the best one. Chasing Amy, I can watch. I can watch more than once. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I I'm pretty sure there's some redeeming quality in there, <laughs> which is why a lot of my friends like it. But it just doesn't no, speak to me at all. But I know what you mean. And yeah, like I have friends who are like, I go oh, for more like, absurd, really absurd and off the wall, surreal crap. I think they were good for their time, but they don't hold up too much. Like, polyester cracks that's me up. The greatest. It's the greatest. Like, Because they weren't trying to be funny. Because that's what I like, because yeah, they weren't it, trying to be funny. That cracks me up. Like, Waiting for Guffman, Best in Show. 
Those movies cracked me up. I like that because it's like, you know what? Because there's people that are really like that. That's why it's funny. Mm. Um, Big Lebowski is one of my favorite movies of all time. I've I've watched it. it I, I don't think it's... I, I have friends that tell me so many parts from it and they just die laughing. And I'm like, I think... <laughs> I didn't get. I didn't think the movie was bad, but I was just like, "It's ah, there." I don't think it was that funny. It's there's The whole movie is about his rug. That's what the whole movie yeah, is. About. And that, that's what I like. You know, like the whole all this nonsense happens. It's a. It's a very good. It's a very good hard boiled story. It's just. It's like. It's like a stoner hard boiled story. That's why I like. Um, Maybe that's it because I never was a really a stoner. Right, it's like they're stoner because that's yeah because yeah it couldn't get annoying the way he is the dude. To some people, the dude I'm, I guarantee you is annoying. Like fuck this guy already. Uh-huh. Um, but I think John Goodman steals that that whole movie. Him, him, and uh, um, Buscemi in that movie. Like John Goodman is the whole movie to me. Like the dude does say good stuff, but John Goodman, all yeah. the little all the little bit characters like Julianne Moore as Maude. Um, you know, all the, all the little characters are in there. Are what are what's good about that movie? Like he's just he's just the uh, you know the main line through all of it. Uh, yeah, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman's in that movie. Um, the guy Tara who plays Reed. Tara Reed, the guy, um, what's his name? He's been in a lot of movies. He plays the guy that likes um, Bjork and uh, Dancer in the Dark. He plays one of the nih- Fargo. Yeah, yeah, he plays the nihilist in there. Uh, I can't think of his name. <clears throat> Yui, I forgot what his name is, but he called him Yui. They're like, "What about your boy?" When she's like, "Where she tells him I'll suck your cock for a thousand dollars," he's like, "What about your boyfriend?" He's in the pool, all drunk. She's like, "Oh, don't worry about Yui. He's a nihilist." And he's like, "Oh, must be must be exhausting." <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, John Goodman is so fucking good in that movie, dude. I mean, I, I love John Goodman <clears throat> in the other movies, like the other Coen Brothers movies, <clears throat> and pretty much anything. But have you seen Barton Fink? He's he's on another level on Barton Fink. I like it. He's good in there, and I liked him in um, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Yeah. Barton Fink, I tell people all the time, Barton Fink is the only movie in history to win the best director, the best actor, and the Palme d'Or at the Cannes Film Festival. Oh, dang. I haven't seen that in a while. That's more. Is that where the the hallway's on fire? Yes, that's where John Turturro. He's yeah. a player. He's a playwright, and they sent him to that's Hollywood. Right. That's right. He accepts a job in Hollywood to write for movies, and he goes nuts because he can't write. He can't just write basic stuff. Um, I was watching. I bought Lost Highway on Blu-ray. You're gonna get da- You're gonna piss off David Lynch. <laughs> I had to do it, man. I wanted to see it. Um, I, I mean, did it look good? Yeah, well, the the thing was, it was mastered from, I guess, the originals and everything. But I can't remember what happened. I, I was reading about it. Like they sent, they said they sent David Lynch a letter. Like, do you want to participate in this? And he just ignored he him, like, right? Now, because <laughs> um, he wanted to do everything his way, and so there's nothing else on the Blu-ray other than the movie. Not even the trailers on there. No commentary. Uh, nothing. Nope. Nothing. Um, but it, it looks great, but the sound is like, I forgot that movie is so, the sound is so important in that movie and it's like conversations are almost like a whisper. 
Yeah. At the beginning, like when they're when they're showing the house and the house is very like claustrophobic and no windows and even when they're in the bedroom. Yeah, everything's almost like a whisper. And then the music comes on and it's like loud. Yeah, Until when he's like, in the when he's in the bar playing playing the saxophone. Yeah. Until when it the second half happens when uh Balthazar Getty comes in. Like that's when things get a little more like everything levels out the sound. But yeah, the first half I was like, man, I have to turn the volume all the way up and then when the music <clears> kicks in, I have to turn it all the way down. That's the only movie I've seen that that's the only that's the only the second movie I've ever seen where they've done that. There's a movie by um, I mean if you haven't seen it Bill Pullman Bill Pullman plays the character for like almost half of the movie and then all of a sudden he goes to jail and then all of a sudden he is now Baltazar Getty he's a completely different actor playing the same part. Um, but there's a, a Luis Buñuel movie called That Obscure Object of Desire and mm-hmm. they do it with a woman. Like he's an older man, and he's obsessed with a younger woman, and then like halfway through the movie, the woman it turns into another woman, but it's the same the same character. Um, I've I've heard people try and explain Lost Highway, and <laughs> it's uh, maybe it's like a Mobius strip. It's a like good it's movie. Infinite Loop. It's one of my favorites of his. Oh, I love that movie. Um, Actually, that was the first movie he he was able to use um, uh, "Song Did to the you? Siren" by This Mortal Coil, uh, which is a cover of uh, Jeff Buckley, the dad. Who's it? Tim Buckley. Tim Buckley. It's a Tim. It's a Tim Buckley song that they covered, and apparently that movie had, that song has been the inspiration for David Lynch for years. Really? Like, he tried to use it in. I want to say. Blue Velvet, and then in Twin Peaks. And why? Because of the rights? He couldn't use it, or it just didn't work? They never, yeah, they never would give it to him, and then he finally was able to use it. So he uses it several times. Actually, you have to turn the volume all the way up to the first it. part of Lost Highway, and you'll hear it in the background. And then you hear it. You can definitely hear it towards the end. But, yeah, that, apparently that song has always influenced him. Oof, that's another rabbit hole you can go down. I need to watch that now. It's good. It's good. Uh, have you ever seen any Woody, Woody Allen movies? No. Um, what did I try to see? The one where he's a robot. Those are see that's that's what's weird. Like those are weird ones. Like Annie Hall. That. Like Annie Hall is one of the greatest movies ever made. And then uh, I just watched Crimes and Misdemeanors. Now a lot of people say like that's his best movie. That like pretty much summarizes his whole philosophy on life. No, it was pretty good. Martin Landau's in it. Is really good. That's really good. I, I can't remember what the other one was. I saw. I saw the one where he's a robot. Those are really weird. Like those are one. Like there was one called like Banana Republic, and like he he does some really weird ones in between, and then he'll do like a serious one, like Manhattan and Hannah and her sisters. Um. Oh, I wonder if he does like. Like um, Roman Polanski would do like um, uh, like a uh, traditional movie that would ma- actually make money to make a then movie. He would use the money to fund his next movie, which would be like a personal project. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, I saw Manhattan. 
That's what it was. That, oh, yeah, with, with Muriel Hemingway. Yeah. Yeah, that's a weird one. We're just trying to get a younger girl. So, you know what? I was watching the other day. Um, what's her name? The Angie Dickinson TV show. Angie Dickinson TV show? Yeah, Policewoman. Oh, wow. That's like old. That's like before your time and my time. Yeah. Uh, well, um, I, saw, I was watching Dressed to Kill. And, I mean, she's in there. I'm uh, not really doing like anything amazing, but I was like, hmm, kind of like looking at Angie Dickinson. So yeah. when I saw Police Woman and I saw Big Bad Mama. Um, oh, I forgot about that movie. She made some pretty good things. Um, not like great things, but. Grumpy Old Men. <laughs> was, that, was that Angie Dickinson or was that Anne Margaret? I kind of get them. I think confused. that was Anne Margaret. Uh, yeah, let me look it up. And Margaret is also good to look at. Yep, and Margaret. Let's see, Angie Dickinson. American actress. Oh, I forgot about Dress to Kill. Mark, how? You've seen uh, Sisters? Yeah. David Kremberg? No. Brian De Palma. That's right. Yes, I have it. With uh, Margot, what's her name? The girl from... Uh, Margot Kidder? Yeah. Superman? Is it Superman? Yes, Superman. Yeah. Ooh. The man who shot Liberty Valance. So, um... I don't know if I told you I was talking to our boss, my boss. At work? Uh, work work? Yeah. Because she's, uh, she's leaving for maternity leave. So oh, again? She, she met with me to uh, uh, before she left uh, just to see if I need anything. Like, she met with all of us. How many kids did she have now? Did, oh, she says that one. Um, oh, so she was saying, I asked her, like, have you heard anything about when we're going to go back to work or whatever? Or if we're going to go back to work. And she's like, uh, well, the company upper management has decided there's certain milestones that need to be met before we go back. And the first one that has to be met is that there has to be a vaccine in place. So I was all day. Hey, not going back hey, to next year. Maybe years. Dude, they already canceled the Oscars for next year. Next year? Really? Yep. Mm-hmm. Wow. It's coming, dude. It is coming. I'm telling you. Wait, what's coming? <laughs> Something else coming. Second, third wave. Today on the news, the mayor and... and the new uh, wave. The mayor and... Uh, what's his name? Nelson Wolf were like... Even Nelson Wolf was like, I don't understand. He goes, we've been coming on here for months telling people, wear a mask, wear a mask, wear a mask. I don't understand how people still aren't wearing a mask. Oh. Uh, yeah, there was like 206, 200 and something cases... New cases just today. Well, I'm a sheep perpetuating Ouch. the fear. Ouch. Uh, I yeah, I mean, care. so I, I took the girls to the river last Friday. Yeah. And we left. I was like, look, if we leave enough time, maybe we can get there with nobody's there. Of course, there was already people there. But luckily, we were able to stay away from everybody. But, but even being there, 
Um, even just being there, it was windy. Nobody was wearing a mask. I'm like, I'm just getting, I'm just getting fucking bukkakeed with COVID nineteen right now. <laughs> you know, and I, I seriously had to like keep drinking to not have a panic attack. Yeah, I've uh. Let me see. Let me see. I've gone to a few restaurants and sat inside. What? Not all the time. I did it. I did it once for Mother's Day. Was it Mother's Day? No, no, no. <laughs> Mother's Day. We ordered out. We ordered out. Oh, I did it last week. Um, and then I ate at a little tiny Mexican restaurant to support the lady that works there because she knows us. Um, but they were pretty. They were pretty uh, uh, clean, I guess, with what they were doing. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I've, I've been going to places that are outside and outdoors. Um, I don't know. I mean, I pro- we, you can rewind. Everybody's going to rewind this as soon as I say this. Rewind this to our first or second episode. And be like, <laughs> Drew, you said. <laughs> but things, are, things have changed now. We know a little bit more. For me personally, I don't want to live in my house for a whole year. Stay in my house for the whole year. So eventually I'm going to have to go out. I mean, I'm not saying I'm going to be out partying and living it up, but I can go out and be smart about it. I will say, San Antonio, the, I mean, that, you know, the vast majority of people, I'll, they're always wearing masks, but it is already happening. I've noticed in the last, oh yeah, I mean, just in the last month, I've already noticed, like, especially HB, I go in there and there are people that are not wearing masks. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, uh, I, I will I don't really care about anybody else anymore. They can die. <laughs> and I even heard, I even overheard, <laughs> I even, I even overheard a couple of them that weren't wearing masks and they were like talking to her. They're like, and they were, their excuse was like, yeah, you, you can't even, you can't even tell anymore where you need to wear a mask or not. So I'm just not going to wear one. I'm like, uh, do I really need to come to the grocery store anymore? Uh, I mean, just be safe about it. I don't know. I'm not going to cut my hair. Although now, although now I've been thinking maybe I should just go real fast because then who knows how long we're gonna be shut down later. I mean, I mean, everybody would be able to get a haircut for like two years. You can go to the dude that I use. He he only lets one person in at a time, and he like disinfects everything. Yeah, but with my luck, he'll cut me, and then I'm fucked. <laughs> All right, Mark. I don't know, man. I don't know. I I now now it's getting with to the my luck. He'll cough my hair my mouth. My hair has never been this long in my entire life. I know it, and it's already getting like I get in the shower and I I feel like uh. Well, for I, people I, listening, Mark and I are on Zoom, and he looks like a member of the Baseball Furies from the movie The Warriors. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm going for my my all time the haircut that I've wanted since I was seven years old. Kyle McLaughlin in Dune. That's the haircut <laughs> I wanted. Fear is a mind killer. Yeah. I should just I should just repeat that over and over when I'm getting my haircut. Here's the mind killer. Oh man, I saw that. I was watching that Jodorowsky's um, Dune. Mm-hmm. I didn't see it. I've never seen it on TV. I saw it in the movies, but seeing it on TV allowed me to put the, the subtitles on so I could understand what he was saying. Oh a my bit. god, he has such a heavy accent. Um, but when he's talking about that. You know, they eventually didn't make the movie Dune. He had w- wasted, uh, not wasted, but he had spent so much of the studio's money and then they gave it to uh david lynch and he says you know i, I didn't want to go see the movie 
because <laughs> that was my personal project. He's like, and then I go see the movie and it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah. All right, cool. <laughs> but then uh, the ending of that was cool where it's just like all those ideas they created ended up in other movies and you're like, oh right. man, that's crazy. Damn. I don't know, man. That would have been the all-time craziest mo- version movie of all time. He wanted to make drugs. That's what he said. A visual drug. His other movies are bad shit, too. Uh, let's see what else I watch. Have you never seen any of uh, Steve Coogan, Alan Partridge stuff? Where he plays like that? <laughs> He plays like uh, I can't even. Oh, I, know who, I know who Steve Coogan is. He has this character called Alan Partridge that he's had for a very long time in England. It started off as like a radio guy, and mm-hmm. then he and then he made his own TV show, and then he went back to radio. And it's just he's just like a <laughs> he thinks he's bigger than he is. And the last movie that he put out it's called Alan Partridge Alpha Papa, and he's doing the radio. He's still a radio DJ, and this new company comes in. Like takes over the you know like how they do that how they take over and they change everything. Yeah. Well, they fire this one guy. He used to be there for a long time. Well, they're having a party for the new owners, and that guy comes in and starts shooting everything up, and he takes them all hostage. So the whole <laughs> so the whole movie, he's trying to like go be- him in between the cops. He's trying to get the guy not to uh, like to give himself up, but. It's just it's hilarious. Like it's that British humor that I love, where it's like you know, like nine jokes at a time. There's nine jokes yeah. before you know in one sentence. If you're not paying attention, you won't get it. Um, I just recently watched like that's one of those movies like I'll watch over and over. Um, that never it's surrender. It's a movie. It's called Alan Partridge. I, I looked it up and it showed something called I Am Alan Partridge, but it shows from 1997. Yeah, that was a that was a TV show. That movie was long. <laughs> <laughs> like he would do specials. He's funny. Like um, there's was, this other. Uh, huh? He was in a twenty four hour party people. Yeah, he was. Tony uh, Wilson. Yeah, Tony Wilson. Um, but he uh, he's funny. Like he does all these other crazy movies too. There's this one movie that he did with Rob Brydon. Um. Rob Brydon, who Rob Brydon is? No. You know how you know how Steve Coogan has these movies now. It's like the the trip, the trip to Italy, the trip to Greece. No. <laughs> um, Rob Brydon's a, he's a comedian in in, in England. Okay, Some I looked stuff, him up, but he doesn't look familiar. Yeah, he's in this really famous show there called Gavin and Stacey. Well, well, Steve Coogan has these movies called The Trip. And the trip to Italy, it's just them oh, two. Okay, and they, they play themselves like weird versions of themselves, and all they do is talk is just talk shit through the whole movie. Um, but he did this other he did this other one where it's him, it's Rob Brydon's the main guy, uh, Steve Coogan's in it, but not so later, and it's it's David Williams from um, uh, the taller guy from uh, Little Britain, Britain. Uh, and it's and it's James Corden, like one of his first things, and it's it's this movie, and it's um. The whole movie is about this cruise where Rob Brydon used to... Huh? James Corden's like a teenager. Yes. And, and David yeah. Wallace is like walking him around. Yeah, he's like the he's like the coordinator because the whole yeah. thing is Rob Brydon was in this old 80s sci-fi show. 
and he he never he never wants to do anything about it, but he needs money, so he agrees to go on this cruise, which is for the fans of that TV show. So he goes on there, and oh. and and David Williams is like the coordinator, and it just turns into like he's like I don't want to be here, and he's just like fucking pissed off. Well, Steve Coogan was in that show as well, but he became more famous. Like at the time, he's doing a real fa- <laughs> he was doing a real popular show called Sherlock in Miami. And uh, dude, it's for, it's oh, it's called The Cruise of the Gods is the name of that movie. It's really good. I've man. seen I've seen bits and pieces of it. Um, yeah, but he does a lot of stuff like that. He also did this one show, like one off thing, where he plays like some weird, like weirdly popular Italian uh, pop singer, and he comes to England and he does the whole he does the whole movie acting like that guy. I need to find what it is called, but he he's really good. He's really really funny. All right, I'm gonna look that up. Uh, what else did I see? Saw a really good documentary about. Um, I'm telling you, I find these documentaries. There's a in Canada. I got lucky enough to see this. I got lucky enough to see this. The real art at the Art Museum of of Toronto, of Ontario and Toronto. Um, there's Humble a. He's, well, he's a, he's this guy was one. He's like the very first like native modern artist there in Canada. His name is Norval Morso. And anyways, the whole movie is about one of the guys from the Bare Naked Ladies. He buys one of his paintings from this guy. He pays $20,000 for it, right? And yeah. and that museum, that same museum that I went to, they had some kind of show where like they would let artists, Canadian artists go in there and they're like, "Hey, bring what you have, like the art that you have, bring it." And they would give you a little corner like this is this is what's on Steve's wall. This is what's oh, on wow. Jody's wall, right? And while he had that painting, he had just got that painting and they had the painting in there. The main one of the main curators of that of the museum called him like, hey, we have a problem. He's like, what? He goes, that nouveau, that more so that you have. He's like, it's fake. He's like, what? So that just starts the beginning of this whole wormhole that he goes down to where it turns out that some some of his family and this drug dealer that he knew this norso guy they were just basically fucking pumping out fakes of his art and there's literally like thousands and thousands and thousands of them out there and it's about this one guy oh, he was wow. yeah like an auction he was just selling them like and it's crazy because the guys that were making all the money off him they're like you know they're like oh how do you know they're not real these are real he goes they're, obviously they're real and they're just making millions of dollars off this guy and it and that was the and um, it's just about I his looked, court case. I looked up his artwork. This looks pretty crazy. Yeah, it's really good. I got to see some really, really big pieces in that museum. Um, but he got, uh, you know, he got real famous, and then he got really down and out. He, there was times where he was living on the street. Uh, but it's a really good story. It, it was, it wasn't free at first, but now it's free on Prime. It's a really good story, man. Some of this looks like Hispanic people. Yeah, he's uh he's from the O what's it called? Ojibwe tribe there in in Ontario. Oh, okay, okay. Um yeah, but it's crazy. It was a really good movie. It was really good. Like the where it winds up, you're like, holy shit. Yeah, these just, are some cool looking paintings. Yeah, just what people just what people would do for money. Just the art world in general, man. I've seen so many I've seen so many documentaries about art, like people like people like want to say they have them you know just to say they have originals will just do anything yeah there's an there's another one on there 
called Portrait of Wally. And it was just about the Holocaust with this lady. She had an an art studio and the Nazis came in, of course, and took everything out of her art out of her studio as for them. Well, then for some reason they followed her to her home and they took a painting off her own wall. And she's like, well, this is not a part of my studio. This is mine. And they're like, they didn't care. So they took it. Well, after the war, this was in Austria. Of course, the, the, it talks about how the, the U.S. soldiers would go and get all of that back and they would return. They would they would didn't return it to the people. They would return mm-hmm. it to the country. And then they were supposed to dole it out. Well, that lady moved away. She moved to England. And it talks about this one guy that was there. And he was always like, yeah, I'll help you get it back. I'll help you get it back. But basically, he like basically kept it for himself. So now now in the you know in the late 90s and 2000s, this guy has one of the greatest collection of art in the whole world. Well, he lends some of it. It's a particular yeah. artist. I forget the name of it, but they're they're really really crazy and good paintings. But they lent it to the Mo- they lent it to MoMA in New York, and her family decides to be like, you know what, you know, that's that painting belongs to my aunt. And there was like one of the first times in America where they they like took people to court for that kind of like the war crimes, like the. Like it needs it to go, stolen. like yeah. yeah, it needs to go back to who it needs to go to, and it was really crazy that it, when it happened, all like MoMA and like all the owners of like the directors of MoMA, like all the art, art big art museums in America, instead of being like yes, it should go back to who it belongs to, their whole argument was like, well, if you do this, then nobody's gonna lend us art anymore. Nobody's gonna lend us all this good art so we could have for the American people to see. So it's, it's, dude, it's fucked up. <laughs> but eventually they did. Eventually, which was still fucked up, eventually what happens is they don't, there were so many errors already. Like they basically, the lady, the people who had it got to keep it because they just, they just paid them off. They basically, like, we'll give you $10 million for it. Yeah. And, you know, and so they didn't even get to keep it. Like they're like, at this point, having to pay the lawyers and all that, you know. But at the end, they're like, you know, at least we, at least we can say, and it's in history. And when they, even when they put it up in that museum, they got to keep it. The, the one of the stipulations was you had to have a plaque and it had to tell the whole story about where it came from and how it won, you know, all that. So that's pretty good. Yeah. But yeah, dude, it's like cutthroat, like cutthroat. Art people are cutthroat. Did you, uh, did you see that Netflix movie? It came out last year, I think. It was a made for made for Netflix movie with Jake Gyllenhaal, um, Juliet, the redhead, um, Juliet Moore, yeah, Tony Collette, and it's about these paintings that they find, and the, basically whoever has the paintings dies like a horrible death. Oh, that, that oh that one with those people with the weird eyes, like where they no, say no, no, like no, no, no. no that's. You're thinking of Big Eyes. Yeah, Big Eyes. Um, no, it was a made-for-Netflix movie with Jake Gyllenhaal. What's her name? Juliet? Juliet Moore? Juliet Juliet Moore. It just came out recently? Last year, I want to say. Um, Brokeback Mountain? <laughs> <laughs> What was it called? Let's see here. Not wildlife. Velvet Bussaw. 
Is that it? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, satire said in the contemporary art world, we're seen in Los Angeles where big money artists and mega collectors pay a high price when art collides with commerce. Yes, so each character that they play is so bizarre. Oh, uh, um, uh, Rene Russo. Rene Russo is who I'm thinking of, sorry. Um, Tony Collette's in there, and then John Malkovich is in there. Oh, yeah, I see that. Uh, if you have a chance, watch that one. It's kind of like kind that, of in that vein. It's kind of bizarre. Where people um, lose their shit for art. Yeah. It's like art house, horror movie, black comedy stuff. I guess they took it off because it says here on IMDb, like it doesn't show anywhere you can watch it. I'll probably have to download it. Oh, really? Okay. Hmm. That's 5.7. I'll check it out. Did you hear the new Run the Jewels? No, I haven't. Is it good? It's actually really good, man. Um, I dug it. And then I got a... I went back and I bought Kim Gordon's album. When did that come out? Uh, I want to say two or three years ago. That was pretty good. And then I got... I heard good things about that Remember that album. band Medicine that was in The Crow? Yes. <laughs> um, well, they got back together like in the two in the 2010s, and they recorded like two more albums. Uh, man, those are amazing! Like, it's a little shoegazy, but it's good. Do, I don't know why I, I used to get them confused with Manson, M-A-N-S-U-N. Oh, uh, that band sucks. <laughs> that was an English band, right? Yeah. Yeah, my. I had a friend that liked them. I couldn't get into them that much. I used to get people mad at Borders because they're like, do you have the new Marilyn Manson record? And I would show them that one. I go, is this the one you're talking about? They're like, no, Marilyn Manson. <laughs> this like, one with oh, flowers on it? Oh, no, we don't have that. <laughs> oh, this is pre-Manson. You don't know anything about this. This was before the breast implants. <laughs> I I just remember... At Borders, mainly people coming in for Britney Spears and then for the Blink-182. And for TLC. I remember uh, <laughs> I, bought, I bought tickets to see Marilyn Manson on the Antichrist Super, Superstar Tour. Mm-hmm. And it was in Live Oak Civic Center. Mm-hmm. And Unity was going to go with me. So like I told my mom that I was going to a concert at Live Oak Civic Center. I didn't tell her what. But remember, remember the newspaper used to have like the weekender that would come out on Friday. She looked it up. Well, no, it was on the front page. And <laughs> talking about it, and she was like, "You're gonna take a girl to see this," and I was like, "Yeah, she wants to go." <laughs> <laughs> She's a modern. Uh, Yeah, she was flipping out. I remember they had that. it there. That place was small. It was there. Yeah, he wasn't big at that time. It was at the very beginning of the tour. Like he hadn't really taken off. Um, and we were 
dude, we were pretty close. And I swear at one point he was just like pissing on himself because he had on like a jock strap. <laughs> and there was just stuff just running out. And I was like, Unity was like, is he pissing on himself? And I was like, I who knows? I said, I think that's the least shocking thing going on right now. <laughs> I'm trying to think of the like the craziest thing I've ever seen in concert. Most I guess most of the people I see aren't really that crazy. I, I guess the, I guess the craziest one was Tool when the guy came down upside down. Excuse me. Did you did you go with that with me? <laughs> yeah, you and Dan and Marcus. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. At, okay. At the Verizon Wireless Amphitheater. Um, I remember. Do you remember Anna that used to work with us at Borders? Yes. She had a best friend, and none of us really. We were we were just out of high school. I mean, we weren't just out of high school. Guillermo's Guillermo's cousin, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, she had a friend named Bonnie, and not none of us really cared too much for her. Like, she was kind of like this uppity girl. Um. Anyways, uh, Jenna Tortures came to town, and Anna and Adrian <laughs> were like, "Ah, oh, Jenna Tortures is coming. We want to go see them." So, I was like, "Yeah, I'm down. I'm, I'll see him. I've seen him before." So we go, and Bonnie's standing in front of me. <laughs> And at one point, um, the singer from Jenna Tortures has this guy on a cross, like, crucified. And, I mean, he seriously has, like, needles going through, or nails going through his hands on a, on a cross. And then she puts a leather, uh, or I don't know what it was, a white-colored smock on him. And then starts sewing his lips together. But so blood is just, like, running down the smock that he has on. And Bonnie flips out where she's just like <laughs> I can't be here anymore I gotta go I can't be here anymore this is this is evil and blah 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 and we're all like where, where are you going like you talking about tickets <laughs> 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 they were like we have to go because we're Bonnie's ride and I was all Pfft. are you serious you had to leave yeah I didn't oh I was gonna say fuck you I'll take the bus did you ever get to see Gwar yes have you ever been able to see Skinny Puppy Oh yeah, I've seen him like two. I've seen Gore three times. I've seen Skinny Puppy. Where would Skinny Puppy play at? Uh, they played at the Showcase. The um, Showcase. Sunset Station. Um, I saw Los Lobos at Sunset Station. <laughs> I saw Skinny Puppy at ACL Live. And, and then uh, ACL they, Live was the last one. Are they still but together they, or not? Or no? Uh, they're like doing their own thing right now. They're doing their own individual projects. And then um, I saw them at um, that place that's across from Tucker's. Is it Backstage? Oh, where we saw Mastodon. Oh, yeah. What was that place called? Is it Backstage? Backstage Live, right? Backstage Live, something like that. Yeah. Jesus. My cat just farted in my face. That Mastodon was good, or I wish they would have been the headliner at that time. I saw them at Austin City Music Hall, mm-hmm. and they had a video, they had a film, or, or I guess a film playing behind them that they had made for the concert, mm-hmm. and it was like acid. <laughs> there was the craziest stuff going on in that video while they were playing, and I was just, me and my, I think my brother was me and my buddy Chris. What record, what record was that? Um, the one after um, 
Uh, like crack, uh, crack, the, crack the Sky? Yeah, the one after Crack the Sky. Uh, what's it called? That wasn't the one that we saw him with. I thought that one was out the Crack the Sky. The Hunter. No, I thought... Okay, we saw him for was, The Hunter. It was Crack the Sky. That's a rowdy album. That's right. That's a rowdy album to begin with. Um, yeah, man, the the visuals that they had were amazing, and that's why when they were gonna play backstage live, I was like, yeah, and all they had were like green lasers, and I was like, ah, uh. because there was like nine bands on there. It was it was it was Ghost, right? And there was Opeth. Opeth. Oh. Good times. Good times. We got to see kids in the hall at the Austin City Music. <laughs> I remember that. They put my chair right in front of the pole. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad I got a room there. I was so drunk by that time. Uh, they're gonna they're gonna bring hopefully uh, I don't know what's gonna happen now, but they're supposed to do another show again too. Another TV show. Damn. Oh yeah, I saw that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> They're looking old. Kevin McDonald's looking old. He has his own podcast and he's looking rough. Uh, all right, man. We're at an hour and 30. Cool. Good podcast. We just wanted to talk, listeners. So you can sit there and listen to this talk. I miss you, Drew. How was, yes, jo- How was Joey's? Was there like nobody there? It's dead. Did you have uh, to lift? Up, did you have to lift up your mask to drink? Um, well, it's all outdoors. Um, all, every, all the employees are wearing masks and gloves. Are people still like going and picking up drinks? Yes, and then um, um, everything's disposable. That's cool. I don't know. Maybe I'll go. I don't, I'm starting to think I like think- I need to go do something before we get shut down again. Uh, I mean, well, I mean, I'm speaking for myself. I just wanted, I was like, ah, I'm going to go out. It's better to go out now for me when there's not a lot of people there. I get used to it, figure out what I need to do to be safe about it. And then but there's still nobody there. I've, I think I've been there about two or three times. Because, yeah, now I'm like, I was thinking about that today. I was like, I've been, I've been sitting in this room for three months already. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, all but right, I, man. I did go. Oh, that's what I did. I went to Half what? Price Books. Um, I did. I did go into Half Price Books to get the book, the book club book. No, I went shopping. Like I was like looking, and I was like getting nervous, or I was like, ah, oh, let me get out of here. This is not comfortable. Yeah, it was one of the, it was one of those things. Like it was almost like, oh, I only have five minutes to look. I need to get back ready. It was one of those kind of things. Like I wanted to look, but at the same time, I was like, I'm not gonna. I can't stay in here. I can't stay in here. I mean, I had my mask on and everything, but. but, All right. All right, sir. I'm going to look for a movie on uh, YouTube that we can watch. All right. Or Amazon. Amazon's got some crazy ass shit, too. Oh, okay, okay. All right, sir. Good seeing you. Talk to you later. Good seeing you, man. Take it easy. Talk to you later. All right. Bye. Bye.